you hope? Man. Isn't that good? <laughs> mm. That's good. All right, Joey's going to lead us up. All right, let's pray. God, thank you so much for that crazy ride Jesus took down the hill into Jerusalem on that donkey. Mm. Uh, thank you for uh, just a time we can remember that specifically tonight. Thank you, God, that was the time that uh, just the... Uh, just the beautiful, uh, the beautiful cross was, yeah, that just that whole plot was just beginning to unveil that day. God, help us to just see into that story and apply the truth to our lives tonight. Thank you, God, that you are good. We thank you for Jesus, and we pray in his name. Amen. 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 Yeah. One more thing, and I'll remind you at the very end, and if, if I forget, I hope, I, I don't think I will, but if I do... At the, at the very end, what, we're going to do this a little bit different. We're going to ask JT and Adam to just stand over there. We'll keep the communion here tonight. And that way, after that, we unify ourselves through the elements that um, you'll have a chance to just literally touch Adam and JT. Thank you. That you'll be able to speak something over and through them and they back to you. All right? So thanks for doing that. Um, and you'll send them out. I'll say this, guys. Where are? Where's Adams? He already. Yeah. The the. I think what happens a lot of times, in, and I'm just reminding everybody this, is that I tell most everyone that ever I get a chance to live life with. So JT Adam, I'm gonna tell you, there was there was something that you two had that we needed, or we would have never been placed in your path. Okay. So thanks for giving us part of you, and then you get to take part of us to wherever you go, all right? And that, this crazy Jesus does unify us. Yeah, it's super cool. So speaking of Jesus, man, we're just going to dive in. You can go ahead and find the spot. We're eventually going to land at John 16. And the verses that we will cruise through just a little bit will be 8, 9, and 10. So find your place there in, in John 16. And, and the emphasis, again, of what we want to do is just remind everyone, why Easter? Why Jesus? Why salvation? What's the big deal? And so to strip all of that back and to place ourselves in the scene, even before Jesus gets to this point in John 16 that we'll get to in the conversation that He's going to have with all of the guys in the upper room. I mean, he, he's as, as we sang, He's coming into the city. And He's told everyone, He's told the guys to go set the room up and to get ready for the Passover meal. It's, it's the meal that you would see a lot of the pictures of. You know, it's the Last Supper. Okay? And so Jesus tells them how the room is to be set. He gets there. And one of the very things that the boys forgot to do, Jesus girds Himself with the cloth and does the very thing that most of us would never want to do, and that's to wash each other's feet. And so Jesus is doing that. And all the while, man, Jesus is just coaching them up, talking them up, loving them up. He's telling them everything that is about to transpire and how it will transpire so they'll be ready for it. He tells them, one of you is going to leave me. And they finish the meal. 
And they start to set their sails and they start to head out. And all along, Jesus never, never stops loving the guys and where they are. Right? And so he's telling them this and he's telling them, he's saying, look, I've got to send you a helper. Where I'm going, you can't go. And so I'm going to have to send someone to help you. All right? And he's told me, he said, in all of the different names for the Holy Spirit, it's the advocate, the mighty counselor, the comforter, the guide, the intercessor, the Spirit of God, Spirit of truth. Do you see the relief that just saying those bring to you? The comforter, the mighty counselor, the paraclete, the intercessor, the Spirit of God. And so we get to this point, and let's just jump into the conversation with him here at 16, verse 8. And Jesus is talking, and he says, and when he, and he's talking about the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Verse 9, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. All right, I want to go back just for a second and, and go back to the place where he's saying the Holy Spirit, when He comes, when the great Comforter, when He comes, when the Intercessor, when He comes, when the Spirit of Truth, when He comes, He will convict of the world's sin. Now, a lot of times when I hear the word convict, I go to a place of negativity. I go to a place, I've been convicted. I know what it feels like to be convicted of a crime. And that's not a good place for my mind to go to. But part of the definition of this word, gang, means to expose, to bring light to. And man alive, that makes way much more sense because see, those terms that we use for the Holy Spirit are not terms of negativity. They're terms of empowerment. If I'm seeking Father through the Holy Spirit, that is an intercessor. He's on the scene with God, constantly praying on our behalf. So He's not up there with the hammer beating us down. That makes total sense to me. That when I go back and read it and go, oh my goodness, the Comforter, the One that brings me relief, the intercessor will expose. He's going to bring light to the world of its sin. Now go back and look what he says the world's sin is. It's in verse 9. He says, the world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Man, that makes sense. If I'm mistaken about who Jesus is and about who He sent through the Holy Spirit to give me comfort, then crazy is coming. Crazy's already going to come, and at that point, it gets to be a decision on who am I going to seek to find relief? Who and what am I going to seek and use to find comfort? Y'all tracking with me? Alright, and so let's look at the names again. So think of the times that when we've allowed Jesus through the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to bring us relief in our decision, in our day-to-day. And if someone were to come up and ask and say, how do we physically do that, Bivo? Would you be able to help walk them through it? Some, yes. I see you do it every day. Some say, I might be able to. 
But after tonight, I believe all of us are going to be equipped to be able to do so, starting with self. Think about something just for a second. Where and how do you find relief right now? Just think about it. You got your answers? When pain manifests itself, or when life is just gets so complicated, who and how do you seek comfort, guidance, truth in those moments? What's that feel like for you? What's that look like for you? What are the conversations and how do the conversations transpire themselves with others? Do they? Richard Rohr in his book, Breathing Underwater, states this, People develop a love and trust relationship with a substance or compulsion of some kind, which becomes their primary emotional relationship with life itself. i got to repeat that. People develop a love and trust relationship with the substance or compulsion of some kind which becomes their, our primary emotional relationship with life itself. This is a God who cannot save. It is momentary intensity passing for the intimacy that we really want and is always quickly over. Man, I can relate to that. So do you see some of the key words in there, this intimacy? Is that if we were to coach our kids up or if we were to coach people up at work and say, how do I develop this intimacy with God? How do I develop intimacy with Christ and the Holy Spirit that is within me? Would you be able to help walk them through that? Absolutely. How do we nurture that? How do we do soul care with one another? And so you see, I think there, there's a lot of choices and there's a lot of decisions in those moments to moment, right? Is that who and what am I going to choose to bring me relief or comfort in this moment? I think it's fascinating that when we go all the way back, flip over just for a second over into Exodus. And so people would say, what, what is the purpose of God? What is the purpose of a God? We just read what Richard Rohr stated, that people develop a love and trust relationship with the substance or compulsion. God desired from us from the get-go to develop a love-trust relationship with Him. And through time, it's been difficult for us as a people to be able to do that. I mean, it's been happening for thousands of years. We see, our first, we see all of our brothers and sisters from time struggle with this. How many times did God go back and rescue those that turned their back on Him? A ton. And, Jesus, and so finally, He said, I'm going to finish this once and for all on you having to do the have-tos and now you're going to get to through Jesus when Jesus walked in through the city on that week and said, I'm about to take care of this to tell us it will be finished. But the thing that just fascinates me is that since time, look back at Exodus chapter 20, 
verse 2 says, I am the Lord your God who rescued, from, rescued you from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on earth or in the sea. This fascinates me, gang, when I stop and think about it just for a little bit. He rescued them from slavery. How many of us could relate to these kind of conversations? Lord, if You'll get me out of this one, Father in heaven, I pray that if you'll just get me out of this situation, I will not do that anymore. I promise you, Lord, I'll be your man. I'll be, I'll be so sold out for you. I'll never do that. Now here's a people, gang, that he did that with, and yet he had to write those words on a tablet to not have any God before him. Why would he have to say that? Because he knows our nature. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So doesn't that make sense that we would seek him in this intimacy so he can reveal those blind spots that we have and not make other things or people and stuff and substances our God? That we would allow him to be the God. And so, when. I really do believe that when he's saying he's going, look, Lord, I'll never do that. I'll never if you Lord, if you'll do this, then I'll and he's up there right now through Jesus Christ when we're going, Lord, I'll never, he's going, I already have. Lord, if you will, he's going, I already have. Father, I promise you that if if you'll just do this, he says, Bibo, I already have. It's my son, Jesus. I already have. So what's our substance? And I'm not talking, gang, look at me here. I'm not talking about stuff that we literally put in our body. The substance can be ego, pride. What's your substance? What's your compulsion? What's our thing that we can't do without with? That if you were to be taken away from you for 24 hours, you would flip out. What are those things in our life that we've made gods? Where God says, I'm your God. Look what he says in, in John. Go back to John 16. Verse 10. He says, Righteousness, acceptance is available because I go to the Father and you'll see me no more. Now remember, gang, righteousness is what? Right standing. Did you hear Pop? He said right standing. It's acceptance. So if I don't believe that I'm accepted by the God who says, don't have any other gods before me, what's our tendency going to be? I'll go to that thing or someone, something that I believe will accept me. Jesus emptied the tomb, gang. Resurrection power so you would stop on that thought process, that train of thought, and grab Him. Father in heaven, I'm going down a line that I do not believe that you accept me. That's a lie. 
How do you know that, Bivo? The empty tomb screams it. The empty tomb of Christ screams acceptance, righteousness. If you're basing any of your acceptance on God on what you're doing, I've got great news for you. You can stop that today because that's your God. If your acceptance is based on anything other than Jesus Christ, the being, the Lord, our Savior, then that's your God. And you can drop that one today. Because Jesus trumps it. So how do we do it? If, if there's those moments where Jesus, the Holy Spirit, isn't our God, how did the other stuff become our God? Let's check that one out just for a second. How does that anything in your life that you wish that you were rid of right now, how did that become so permanent in your life right now? I thought it would satisfy. Thought it would satisfy. What else? Huh? We chose it. We chose it. Yes. Why? Instant it, gratification. Instant gratification. What else? How do we receive that instant gratification through the empty tomb and the resurrection power that's living within us? How good does it feel for those of us that have said no to ourselves through those old ways? How good does that feel for you right now? So it makes a whole lot of sense that there is no high like the most high. Amen. Right? Yes, so the only way I can find that out is to physically come up and off of it and start choosing Him, the Him within me, and say, Lord, everything in me thinks that that satisfies. I know that You fulfill. I know that You fulfill. And so, Father, I'm going to allow myself to die now here we go. Pick up my cross. And I'm going to live in this resurrected you. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why He came. Has zero to do with government, gang. He trumps Republicans and Democrats and Independents. And Tea Parties. I say we all be believers of Christ. And love the socks off everyone. Because He's going to satisfy what He wants done through anybody that gets any kind of office. I promise you. So even in that realm with those being that, how many for us is politics our God right now? How many of us are just so worried that somebody's going to get in office? We can come off of that. I'm going to start to close here. I want you to close your eyes and just... Put some of these in as we're going through that. It's the verse in Exodus. And these, this list is not meant to be exhaustive, but it's just meant to get us thinking about how do I start coming into living through the resurrection of Jesus Christ in my day to day? So what if in Exodus we were to place these in, in the words, I am food, the Lord your God. I am your wife, the Lord your God. I am your husband, the Lord your God. I am your boyfriend, girlfriend, the Lord your God. I am single, your Lord your God. I am your job, your Lord your God. I am your income. I am your position. 
your Lord, your God. I am pride, your Lord, your God. I am anger, your Lord, your God. And really what all of those sum up to be is that I am self, Lord, your God. Gang, believe the self that Christ created you to be. Allow Him to flow through you in all of those moments that you're trying to say, man, Father, I'm so tired of this. He will fulfill. He will fulfill. That's why He emptied the tomb to fill you up. Psalm 121, you don't have to go there. If anybody ever knew what misery was like at times, it would be David. If there was anybody that ever knew what joy was like at times, it would be David. And so David and all the stuff that he had going on in his world, he said in Psalm 121, he said, A a song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. I look up to the mountain. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So what he's saying before Jesus came, he's saying, my help comes from the Holy Spirit. My help comes from the Advocate. My help comes from the Mighty Counselor. My help comes from the Comforter. My help comes from the Guide. My help comes from the Intercessor. My help comes from the Spirit of Truth. My help comes from the Spirit of God. And every piece of that, gang, resides in you. Amen. (laughs) That's crazy. Every piece of Him resides in you. So when you say, I can't, that's a great place to be in because He will. Let Him be Him in you. Here's the verse to back up when He says, I have already have, Bivo. You will want to write this down. Put it in if you have permission now to get your phone out. And you can put this verse in and plaster it everywhere. It's Second Peter. In those moments when you start asking, Lord, if you only will, this is the verse where he says, I already have. Second Peter chapter one, verse three through four. By his divine power. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises. Look at this word, gang. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape. Escape. Escape the world's corruption. Caused by what? By little old me. Human desires. Let Him feel your desire. Find others who will help you walk through learning how to let Him fulfill you. He's a great, great, great God. He's a good, good Father. And so next week, we're going to sing our guts out at 10 o'clock. So gang, JT, Adam, y'all get yourselves ready over there. Man, participate in communion. What that means, it's a celebration of the empty tomb.
It's a celebration of what Joey prayed right before that, that Christ gave Himself. So check this out. Christ was at the Passover meal that He had participated as a young boy. Up until the years of this last one that He would ever participate in. And that no one would ever have to participate in ever again because He fulfilled what the Passover meal was meant to do. And that was to make you feel and believe that you were in right standing with God. And it did. Then Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, substituted Himself in for the sacrifice once for all time. That's what you're taking when you take the communion. If you have said yes, we're all part of this big global body of people who have said yes to Jesus. So let's celebrate that together. And then after you do that, would you uh, give these boys a, a touch on their way out? All right. So Father, we thank You. We thank You for this time. We thank You for this meal, this Eucharist, the love feast that we are about to participate in, Lord, that just represents our eternity with You secured and this power center of You within us to help us motor through the day. Father, thank You that through the empty tomb that You have given us everything we need. So Lord, let us be a people that believe. And that in that believing that we live those moments out. Lord, not to hold ourselves to perfection, but to believe in the progress of us taking just one step at a time. Lord, it's with great honor that we get to pray with You and You with us. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.